Greetings, Earthlings. This is Chris Latori, and you're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Thanks for following me on Twitter. Thanks for following me on Instagram, at Sunspots Comics. Thank you for looking at our website, sunspotscomics.com. It's getting better every day, and eventually there's going to be thousands, literally thousands of comic books for sale there. So check out sunspotscomics.com every so often. Well, let's jump right into the show today. First off, Sunspots Minute. Just recently talked to Pops Roger. And he told me that when they came from the Philippines, they their dream was to be successful in Las Vegas. They had a manager that believed in them and felt they could do a fantastic job in Las Vegas. And they immediately became popular, started booking gigs, opening for popular bands. And their manager was so bold, he actually ex- like ex- extended a challenge to the Beatles. The Beatles had planned to play one show in Las Vegas And the manager at the time felt the sunspots were so strong that they could beat the Beatles in a battle of the bands. How nuts is that? So they actually extended a formal letter, extended them an invitation to battle the sunspots. They received a polite letter of decline. But can you imagine how if this this little Filipino band had taken on the 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 juggernaut, the juggernaut is it jogger jugger? Who cares? of uh, the Beatles. I mean, that's nuts. And um, I also found out that they were the first Filipino band to ever play in Las Vegas. There were other Filipino bands that shortly followed them after. One called the Society of Seven pops into my mind, but they were the first Filipino band to ever play in Las Vegas. So that's the short Sunspots Minute. I hope you like that. Moving on, jumping right into comic book TV news. Boy, there was a lot of it this last week. First one right off the bat. Empire of the Dead. Uh, this is a series by the originator, George Romero. This uh, comes from Den of the Geek. And this article states that um, Marvel comic t- coming to TV. This is Empire of the Dead. This is the brand new series by George Romero. Amazing. This guy did um, just groundbreaking work in the realm and genre of, of zombies. And uh, this he's back. I mean, he's got to be in his 80s now, now that I'm thinking about it maybe even older. But George Romero's doing a new series. They're planning on doing a TV show of it. Pretty exciting. Empire of the Dead. And the comic book's fantastic. Um, illustrated by Alex Maleev, who did Daredevil for so long. And it was really good. Um, it, it was a surprise that Marvel took on this R-rated feeling, very dark, you know, gritty comic book uh, about zombies in the realm of where it's it's a, definitely a political statement in this particular comic talking about how uh, the government handles the situation and it's uh it's you know it's a government political drama with zombies in there so it was uh it's interesting to see what kind of tv show that'll turn out to be hopefully something good but it's in the works second up from a site called what culture this is crazy this is just overwhelming this one 30 this title says 31 upcoming comic book tv shows you have to see so there's 31 listed here i'll power through them really fast but the amazing thing is that they all list a status on this page and most of these series are in development uh it's there so we're uh, there's a good chance the odds of us seeing most of these shows based on comic books is very likely a good portion of them you figure 31 shows you know up in the works at least probably half of them will be made i think they probably have about a 50% ratio of making them made. So let's just bust through these quickly. Number 31, 
on the list here. It's a called DC's Hero Project. It says in development. So Warner Brothers, DC, Starman. Looks like that's going to happen. Number 30, Global Frequency, written by Warren Ellis. Uh, looks like pilot ordered Fox Jerry Bruckheimer behind it. More than likely going to happen. Looks like an espionage, edgy, um, murder whodunit thriller type series. Global Frequency. Number 29, X-Men with an untitled project. But it looks like Fox is also entering into the realm. Production in the works. Insane. Next up, 28, Amped. This is a series in development by USA Network. Um, this is a uh, guy that takes a smart pill, and just insanity ensues. Number 27, Defenders. That we already know is in works uh, for the Netflix um, series, t- attaching itself to Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage. So that that's all in the works. Those are happening. Jessica Jones is next. Next on the list, 26, Lazarus. I love this series. Greg Rucka writes it. And it's a post-apocalyptic story about how the corporations now have a sort of super soldier. Each of the corporations now are more like families, and those families each have a super soldier, and those 12 corporations that are in the world now run the world uh, due to a, some sort of global catastrophe. And uh, Lazarus is the one particular family's super clone that they create that's these awesome fighting soldier assassins. And it's very politically driven shows an interesting take on the end of the world. Number 25, The Disciples. Uh, Wes Craven, horror, in the works, in development. 24, uh, this one is number four, Hero. That's right, Dial H Hero. That's a strange little typo there. Another DC series uh, in development. 23, Krypton. This looks like in the realm of Gotham, having a series based on the planet Krypton and things that happen, of course, before Kal-El. Next up, 22, Winter World. I just read this as a comic. This looks like it's coming out as a series for Xbox. So that's right, folks. Xbox is doing a TV series. This is another one of those post-apocalyptic worlds. The world is like an icebox. So that's in the works from Xbox. 21, Riverdale, Archie series. Those are going to happen. Fox. Nuts that they're doing a sort of a little more adult take on the Archie realm. Number 20, Titans. That's another DC series. It's sort of all the sidekicks. And there's a pilot now being written for TNT. So that's happening. 19, Lucifer. That one's already, that's coming to Fox 2016. Um, Another one of those Constantine-looking, feeling Hellblazer type of thing. Iron Fist, we already discussed that. That's number 18 through Netflix. That'll be after Jessica Jones. Preacher. Crazy. AMC. Preacher. So that's another one of those realm of Constantine uh, type of uh, guy that does um, exorcisms and he fights demons, etc. Number 16. Pax Romana. This was a really complicated, hard to understand uh, time traveling type story where the Catholic Church is, time tra- is going back in time to fix certain things. To change how the world sees Catholicism? Insane. Sci-fi miniseries in development. Number 15 is The Wicked and Divine. This is another very complicated series, a comic book that I had a hard time wrapping my head around. It's it's sort of like if the Kardashians were became these sort of gods 
these people that were famous for sort of no reason. I take that back. There's actually not only just the Kardashian-style family that is becomes imbued with these godlike powers, but uh, a couple of singers and such that are now these super beings. And I just I, I I was in there a couple of issues, bounced out, but that's uh, universal, and that's uh, that's actually just being optioned. Supergirl, that's happening. That comes out CBS November fifteenth, so that's already here. Supergirl. Interesting to see how they relate to the previous movie. I know that didn't do so well. And if there's going to be any connection to the DC Universe at all. So Supergirl coming out in November. 13. Jessica Jones. We already talked about that. Netflix. It's actually slated for late 2015. So that's already happening. Number 12. Luke Cage. Netflix. Looks like that's going to... No official release date, but a tie-in to Jessica Jones. So Luke Cage... 11, Ronin, the series of development for sci-fi as a miniseries. Ancient Japanese spirits invade a successful biotech firm in the future with complex and ultimately explosive results. Number 10, Clone, the series of development by sci-fi, pilot in order. Dr. Luke Taylor's life goes awry when he finds a bloodied doppelganger on his doorstep who announces he is one of many clones. Hmm, interesting. Number 9, Letter 44. This is kind of an interesting series of where George W. Bush wrote a letter saying that he knows about the aliens. And when the next president, I don't think they portray him as actually Obama here, uh, reads the letter. Hey, aliens are real. And they're in this floating sphere above the earth that they've been hiding for a long time. And what does the president do to handle that? Interesting series. One I probably want to pick up eventually in trades and get caught up on letter 44. Scalped, number eight. Vertigo series, real popular. I have, I didn't get a chance to read it, but I will. This is like an omnibus form. It's uh, based on the pitches. Uh, Bad Horse ran away from an impoverished, hopeless life on the Prairie Rose Indian Reservation. Now, back to find things worse than ever. The benefits of the Rez's new casino can't erase the, scour- the scourge of drugs and organized crime. But no one knows if it's returned to some rights or wrongs or... Or is he doing it just to get his cut? That's not kind of a, a little bit of a messy sort of pitch, but anyway. Number seven, Dreadstar. This is a series in development by Universal with series creator Jim Starlin. It says, Varnth, Vanth, Dreadstar, the sole survivor of the entire Milky Way galaxy. Uh-oh, Milky Way. And his crew, including cyborg sorcerer Sizig Darlock, travel to end an ancient war between two evil empires. So that sounds very you know, out there in the universe sort of thing. So that's Dreadstar, number seven. Number six, DMZ, series in development for sci-fi and DC entertainment. Uh, Second American Civil War is underway. That's the pitch for that one. Number five, Static Shock. Warner Brothers developing a live-action web series. Jaden Smith is likely confirmed as the star. So that's another uh, cartoon series going live-action. DC series based on Static Shock. Number four, Sex Criminals, Universal TV, picking up that one. A female librarian and male actor can freeze time. Uh, oh, okay, very adult-rated kind of series. I look at some of this, but Matt Fraction, Chip Shadarsky story. So that's number four, Sex Criminals. Number three, Outcast, Robert Kirkman. This series has a 10-episode order from Cinemax. Its premiere should be sometime late 2015 or 2016. This is, again, in the realm of uh, Constantine, Hellblazer, demon-fighting guy and priest 
that go along trying to stop uh, people that are possessed by demons. Interesting for that. Robert Kirkman, Outcast. Number three. And number two, Legends of Tomorrow. This is already happening. This is the Flash tie-in with um, the Arrow and such. It's coming to CW 2016. So it's sort of like a mini Justice League-esque sort of Looks like it's going to be a mini-series on CW, so I'm excited. I love The Flash and like Arrow, and I'm trying to get more into Arrow, and so we'll see where that goes. Other characters like The Atom and Captain Cold and Heatwave are going to be in that, so kind of exciting. And the number one, Fear the Walking Dead. We'll talk a little bit more about that in, as the show goes along. AMC Summer 2015, folks. That's looking like maybe July, August, number one. So those are the uh, 31. Interesting to see where all of those shows go, if they're all going to be made, and what they're going to be like. Boy, that's exciting. 31. And the last part of the uh, TV segment, I'm actually going to tie into a listener email. This comes from Brandy in Ontario. She writes, Hello, Sunspots Comics. Huge fan of the show. I have a few questions. Number one, how do you feel about the Walking Dead spinoff show, Fear the Walking Dead, that is coming out soon? Do you feel positive about it even though it does not have a comic book series to loosely follow of its own, like The Walking Dead. Number two, are there any current actors you would like to see on Fear the Walking Dead? And number three, if you could have one guest on your show this season, who would it be? Thanks. Keep up the great work, Brandy. So, yeah, Brandy, I'll tie that into TV news. I am excited about Fear the Walking Dead because of it not being tethered to the comic book. I think that'll give them more artistic freedom They'll make it uh, want to stand on its own. They'll definitely have that advantage of not having everything sort of being expected upon them with comic books. Are they going to do this? Hmm, I don't think they're going to make it to the jail in time to follow along with this part of the... And then they have to switch it, and they'll just have none of that. They'll have just the freedom to sort of not sit in a room and think about um, how are the comic book fans going to feel if we depart from this or turn from that. So I'm excited. And then I popped up this article from The Inquisitor titled, Fear the Walking Dead Q&A May Reveal Plans to Further Expand the Universe. The title doesn't do it very much justice in regards to what's actually in the meat of this article. It says that they, you know, they cornered Robert Kirkman and asked him, um, how do you feel about The Walking Dead? How distinctive will it be? Will it have a new feel? Tell us, give us some examples of how it's going to be different from The Walking Dead. One thing he said that is the film itself is not going to be filmed in the standard 16mm film that it's always been filmed, that The Walking Dead's been filmed in. So it's going to look different. It's going to be all digital. So they're excited about that. And this little part I just want to read verbatim. This is from Robert Kirkman. He says, From day one, one of the things that's been most important to us that Fear the Walking Dead should stand alone, story-wise, character-wise, and taking place in its own corner of the universe. That extends to what our vision take on the show would be. Fear the Walking Dead is actually going to be shot digitally, so there's going to be a different feel to the show. It's really exciting, and I can't wait for people to see it. So... The other one, the other little part of it says, it's important to note that AMC and the producers didn't rush to capitalize on the success of Walking Dead until we were going towards our sixth season. We're not going to be focused on too many different things, so let's see how the Walking, the Fear of the Walking Dead goes first, and then potentially we'll have nine spinoffs, and that'll be great. <laughs> so they definitely have huge plans for that, but I think exciting, not being tethered. And I think it's going to look different. So that to me sounds just very, very exciting. So that's kind of handling the first question of your part of your question there, Brandy. Number two, 
Are there current any are they are there any current actors you would like to see on Fear the Walking Dead? No. I want it to be no one that I know. I sometimes get tired of oh, that's that actor that was in these 14 things. I think that they recycle, or the business just recycles actors too much. I would like it to be all fresh faces with new perspectives. You don't sort of have any baggage attached to them. Well, this guy was a bad guy in this show, and how's he going to... There's just no expectation. It's just fresh. So, no, I, I, I don't want to see anyone that I know in it, honestly. That's just something I, I have noted over the years. And number three, if I could have one guest on our show this season, who would it be? Well... Stan Lee, if I could have any one guest, he's the, the Mecca, the God, the top of the hill, the, the, the man on the mountain, the, he's the creme de la creme. And I mean, he's, he's 115 years old. So I want to get him on this show before he's no longer with us. So Stan Lee would be it to, to just pick his brain, to have, to sit with him, to, to have that energy that he has just in the room to, to see and feel his aura, just to, just to, to steal some of his creative juices if I can just uh that would be the the top of the mountain that would be my one if i could have anyone so there you go brandy and that ties up our tv section thanks for writing in brandy and please keep the emails coming if you have questions or comments send them over to me at chris at sunspotscomics.com so thank you brandy i will be asking for your address because you will win a prize thank you for writing in brandy in ontario and you'll be getting an email from me soon asking for your address and you will get a prize that is related to comic books, and you're going to love it. I'm going to do my best to make it a nice gift. So thanks for writing in, Brandy. And please, anyone out there listening, send in your questions or comments. So that's going to wrap up TV and tie in also, of course, the mailbag all in one there. So moving right along to the world of AI. So I first found an article. Well, there's like four or five articles, but we'll go over them fast. It's interesting how I started this bit with just my general interest and love of artificial intelligence. And the more I read into it, the more I can't turn away from these articles that are just frightening. The first one is from uh, this uh, site called, it looks like Empire Tribune. There's a big old ad block in the top of it. But MIT's self-folding origami-like nano-sized robots. (sighs) They're going to replace MRIs, x-rays, and even lasers in the future. Huh? And they show a picture of someone holding it in their hand. They're like a teeny little dime-sized robot. And one little part of it over here that just sounds frightening. It says, uh, this is like the part two of, of you know, 2.0. And they, um, they say they self-folding. Even it's just a third of a gram can move along the surface of any arm, swim through a small swimming pool, or even push tiny blocks towards targets. <sighs> so yeah, mini nano robots, great. <laughs> Next up from a site called Value Walk is Apple developing artificial intelligence. Intelligence? Well, it sure sounds like they are. One guy named Johnny Evans from Computer World sets out his case um, in regards to this article. He says that there's a growing body of evidence that suggests that Cupertino is in fact working on artificial intelligence as part of the digital transformation of persuasive technology embedded within every interaction and device. Okay, Apple. Big pockets here, folks. So, interesting. They go on and talking about how they, in 2012, hired this guy that's a robotics uh, John Morell from Yale. 
He's a um, robotics expert. They hired him. They feel he's going to be working in the realm of artificial intelligence. They've purchased a couple of companies that are in the realm of artificial intelligence. So uh, Apple's doing it. They're they're in, folks. So Siri is not just uh, something you're going to talk to. She's uh, eventually going to be standing near you and punching you in the face, probably. So Apple's in it, folks. Uh, Next article from a site called State Column. Watch this amazing MIT cheetah robot leap through an obstacle course. <laughs> so, another 2.0 of this cheetah. We've all seen this this giant, I would say, large dog-sized robot without a head and multiple cameras all over it. They've got it now uh, with, a, looks like, with 70% effectiveness, being able to clear objects, clear obstacles, jump over things that are about up to 18 to 22 inches tall. Why are they making it uh, go around obstacles? I mean, next they'll have it chasing people. I mean, can we make it anymore? Uh, what are we doing? This one's nuts, though. I just saw that and was like, great. The next thing you know, it'll be, you know, knocking over cars. It's just nuts. <laughs> uh, next one is from Business Insider. Facebook. This is official. There's no... Uh, there's no, this is not just speculation. This is an article saying Facebook opens an artificial intelligence lab in Paris. So they did it. It's, uh, they're, they're spending a bunch of money. Facebook is even looking into it and how they could use uh, artificial intelligence to better their website, to create these algorithms for in, in, information. It's just nuts. I mean, uh, that, that's just crazy. But Facebook's doing it, folks. They're already opening the lab in Paris. So, uh, yeah, your likes and and sharings will now be looked at by a computer. (laughs) This one's in Fortune. Next one up is in um, uh, Fortune.com. The title is Google Plans for a Sci-Fi Teddy Bear is Terrifying. Sci-Fi Teddy Bear? Remember Teddy Ruxpin? Oh, my gosh, that thing was... That's going back. But you remember Teddy Ruxpin. That was a frightening little doll, that uh, teddy bear that spoke to you. This has an actual diagram showing where the microphones are, the cameras are, the speakers, the motors in its neck and mouth and arms. Google? Uh, nuts that, they're, that they've patented this. They have all these uh, robotic engineers working on it. They want to they wanna harness the, the Teddy Ruxpin uh, toy and uh, add Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and and, uh, yeah, it's a teddy bear, folks, and it's going to have robotics and cameras and, yeah, be ready. Yeah, I can, uh, there's going to be a movie on this already. There has to be. <laughs> uh, and that, well, that's going to do it. That's all the articles for, uh, in the world of AI. So I hope those were good and keep you thinking and, hmm, AI. <laughs> huh, what's that? What's that noise? Is that my spider sense? I think it's tingling. Now, this article right here, uh, for in the realm of news articles that make my spider sense tingle. <laughs> Only one this week, but interesting one. This is from a site called CTV News, titled, Scientists Successfully Restart World's Biggest Particle Accelerator. This is right off the Flash TV show. Insane. I guess it's been down since 2007, this gigantic particle accelerator. Berlin, scientists successfully restarted experiments at the world's largest uh, 
Particle Collider Wednesday after a two-year shutdown, an upgrade that allows it to smash together atoms with almost double the energy used in its first run. Hoy man, they spent $150 million on this. Particle Accelerator, just like the movie Flash, folks. It's in Berlin. It's happening. Insane. Particle, and that... This gigantic machine that just, uh, that, that smashes atoms together. Nuts. And you see the picture of this thing, and it's like this gigantic tunnel with a, you know, maybe four foot in diameter pipeline going through it. It's quite a monstrosity. Insane. So that's happening. And that's, uh, that's, that made my spider, the news that made my spider sense tingle. Yeah, it was tingling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, the next segment is actually three little quick stories that are just uh, some of those comic book feel-good stories. I found three that were pretty nice. The first one is a guy in Alexandria, Virginia, that's opening a comic book store uh, with exotic plants. So unusual store sells comic books and exotic plants. I thought this is cool. The guy's like in his 70s, and he loves these strange little exotic plants. There's pictures of some of the plants that he puts up. And he just wants to partner up his love of comic books and his love of exotic small plants. And I thought that was interesting, fresh, new uh, new kind of twist on comic book retail stores. I wish there was one here in California. I'd, I'd go visit something like that, looking at weird plants. Although, I am like a plant killer. So no, maybe I shouldn't go there. It doesn't matter what kind of plant it is. Uh, I try, I overwater, I oversun, I don't know, I, I don't put enough water, I don't put enough sun, but yeah, I'll, I'll stick to the comics, stay away from the plants. <laughs> Second was a story that says on Braddington.com, another sort of comic book store, little store that's opening, Titan Comics, T-Y-T-A-N, opens inside downtown Bradentown's classic ink tattoo parlor. So that's kind of cool, this guy Ty Harris has always wanted to own a comic book shop. He partnered up with a tattoo parlor, and he opened up like a whole section inside this uh, tattoo parlor. So I thought that's cool. Like, there's got to be a lot of fans that have that are into tattoos that want to buy comics, and a lot of comic book fans that want some tattoos. So bring those two worlds together, and boy, that's that's a great partnership. I think they could probably get some great deals going on comic book related tattoos. And hey, buy a hundred dollars worth of comic books, get a free tattoo of your favorite symbol. Blah blah. I mean, just the marketing and 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 promotional side of that business, this just sounds endless. It could be just a whole lot of fun. So I thought, that's cool. Another little feel-good story. Two stores opening up with comic books, but the twist. And lastly, if that's a word, um, McPherson Sentinel writes, comic books focus of summer class. This is kind of cool. This is like third graders that take a summer school this, uh, this article is by Josh Arnett. There's a teacher in this, uh, it looks like it's, again, Virginia. And this teacher named Lavina Kidd. And uh, I had to say her name because I look her up. I mean, that's awesome. She's teaching a class in the summer that focuses upon comic books. It says, this year's Create Your Own Comic Book class at the VAAM Gallery started Monday for three weeks. Children will learn about the history of comic books and develop their own characters and stories. At the end of the class they will have created their own comic book. I mean, how cool is that? There's a kid here, Vigo, that's eight years old. He says that he plans to create a team of rodent heroes who outwig a big bear with traps and other skills. I mean, that's, that's, that could happen right now. This kid's eight years old. So fantastic. Thank you, Lavina kid, for having summer classes that focus on 
comic books in a positive light, teaching kids about the art form. I think it just made me feel good when I read this. I even wrote in to Josh Arnett, looked him up, and said, thank you for covering this piece. Just made me feel good that, you know, eighth graders can just learn to have some joy and and wonderment and inspire them with some imaginative pictures of comics. And it just, to me, is is great that it's, you know, comic books are being portrayed in a real positive light here. And uh, hats off to you, uh, Josh Arnett and Lavina Kids. Check out that article on the McPherson Sentinel. So that wraps up my three little stories. Feel good comic book stories. Hope you like those. So let's get right into my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, which is my top five comic book picks of the week. Top five. Spoiler warning. Spoiler. Spoiler. Warning. 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 Sometimes I talk about stuff. I try not to go too crazy into spoilers, but just, you know, be warned. I sometimes get into stuff and can spoil them a little bit. So uh, just be careful. You're warned. Spoiler. Anyway. So my number five pick of the week for June 3rd is by Marvel Comics, Star Wars, number six. This is just an action-packed issue. Luke against Boba Fett. Just art fantastic. By the way, the team here, um, Aaron Cassidy Martin. Just the art is spot on. There are times where it doesn't quite look like Luke, but then a lot of pages where it totally looks like Mark Hamill. But a fight between Luke and Boba, what more can you ask for there? Just them battling it out and... Just the shots of of laser fire hitting lightsabers, it just looks like it's happening. The speed of it, the action, the smoke, the dust, how quickly the panels move, very little dialogue. That's just where it starts. And then the big reveal, of course, this is a spoiler at the end, how they have decided to sort of change the background of Han Solo. So out steps out of this spaceship is a woman claiming to be married to Han Solo. She's Han Solo's wife, so it's bold. I, I was uh, impressed with how they took a took a you know step into this this pool here of changing a major character's background. Interesting to see where that goes, how that affects things. Will that affect the movies? Will that is there any tie-in uh, to the new movies? So interesting to see that Han Solo is uh, married. So let's see where that goes. That's my number five. Number four. Amazing Spider-Man number one, Renew Your Vows. I was hesitant to buy this, to be honest. This was Marvel's way of correcting, in my opinion, a major, major error a long, long time ago. There was an Amazing Spider-Man issue where they're married, him and Mary Jane were married. They had a daughter. The daughter was born. The daughter was kidnapped. And then this being of mystical power just sort of changed that day to, to save Aunt May gave Peter the option of I'll save Aunt May, but Mary Jane won't be in love with you. And they, they somehow changed the fabric of time in this thing they did a long time ago. So I, I, at that point too, back then, and I want to say this was like early two thousands, I bounced out of Spider-Man and it's one of my favorite characters, but I stopped doing it because of what they did there of just changing this day in the world somehow, this this mystical character, which I don't think I've ever seen since then. So they undid that day and just gave you sort of a what if, if things just remained from that way and didn't change. I want to say it was called Brand New Day. So this just kind of picks up where that left off. And the art, oh, by the way, uh, um, Scott, or Slot writes, Cubert 
Adam Kubert, who I'm a big fan of, and uh, on the uh, there's even variants, which Humberto Ramos does a variant, which is out of this world. Good. But anyway, Dell and Ponzer. And Adam Kubert's art's fantastic. It's just, it's classic. The coloring is, is deep and dark blues and well done. And he always does great work with the eyes. And you can see the emotion there. And they stop by, uh, there, there's a sort of uh, heroes disappearing. Where are these heroes going? Why are they disappearing? Sp- Spider-Man decides to stop by and say hello to the Avengers and see what's going on. I guess it does sort of tie into the Secret Wars, which I'm not reading. We'll get into that in another podcast. And they announce that uh, everyone in the the prison uh, on Stryker's Island, I think it is, uh, is, uh, is escaped. And so as he's sitting there with the Avengers, he realizes that there's a particular villain that's going to go right to his house, and it's Venom. And Venom shows up at the house and has Mary Jane and their daughter Annie, who has a Daredevil pajama set on. She's probably two years old. And it's a Daredevil onesie. Uh, that's It's just adorable. <laughs> I, the, all kids should have that and be wearing that. So that's uh, my number four. Amazing. It was just a great romp back and had that that feel of the early 2000s and was undoing. So I hope it's permanent. Who knows if, they, if it's not, if it's going to be, but I hope it is that they just decided to put that back in place. So those are the, that's the uh, number four. Number three, uh, by Image Comics, by Eric Powell and Tim Weish, Big Man Plans, number three of four. This is probably one of the most brutally violent, um, insane revenge quest stories I've ever written. It's just brutal. The guy is like a a little person, a a midget. I know that's not the right term, a, a... a dwarf. What is the right term for small person? He's a small person, and he has some flashback story of him in Vietnam. Interesting to how the Vietnamese people in these towns consider him to be actually death, the the actual incarnation of death. And he goes home to this orphanage, this woman that was nice to him, and he this character is just on this revenge spree, and he's just mean and 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 has no regard for human life and he's going to make all the people that tortured him and and teased him and did bad things to him when he was a kid he's going to make them all pay and eric powell's some of his best artwork ever he has that uh that style that's like a it's it's just the the eyes have such emotion in it and the way he he draws just anger in the face of his characters it just has a real resonance to it and there's a scene in here that he grabs a pair of pliers and uh just read it it's brutal just brutal you think he's maybe going to pull out a couple of teeth with these pliers not so much and he it's just the end page i'm not even going to spoil it's just jaw-dropping it's uh it's just wow anyway that's my number three pick Big Man Plans, Image Comics, Eric Powell, one of my favorites. And number two is Image Comics, Airboy, number one, by Robinson and Hinkle. This is a uh, a romp into the imagination, deeply delving into the imagination, and sort of breaking the fourth wall of uh, comic book, uh, these two comic book writers. And actually, James Robinson, the artist, and Hinkle write themselves into this comic, uh, Greg Kinkle, and 
it's first like a phone conversation they're having with someone at Image who has this amazing apartment, um, who's a real person, Eric Stevenson, publisher, Image Comics. And it's a story of these two guys that have been, this Eric Stevenson, who's a real person, uh, tells Robinson and Hinkle, real people, that they would like, that he would like for them to do a story on Airboy, this old, old character, looks like from maybe from the 60s, Golden Age, something. And Eric has sort of writer's block, and he just goes out on a bender and gets involved in drugs and alcohol, and it just is a crazy story. Very graphic, very adult. Um, yeah, there's some man parts in this. <laughs> Don't read it at work or anywhere in the public or on the subway. It's it's the art is dark and the the blues and grays they use to have this sort of this somber tone is it's really well done i have to give hats off to them the ink wise and the way the panels lay out in this sort of uh, 60s batman tv show <laughs> lean has a just a great feel and effect to it but very adult shows what they i have to google this and see how much is uh, how much of this is a reflection on their real lives? Were these guys into this heavy kind of drugs and alcohol and this debauchery that they get involved in to come up with this story? And uh, they even do some drugs that uh, they thought it was cocaine, but it ends up being heroin. And then uh, their actual, the Airboy character shows up in, f- in full color and just, are they hallucinating? It's just a, it's a, it's a mess, but it's kind of a beautiful mess. And I'm definitely uh, on board with this one to see where this goes. That's Airboy Image Comics. Airboy number one, Robinson and Hinkle. And I met Robinson in a couple of different cons. And this just goes to show you don't really know people. If this is really how he's lived his life or at at some points in his life with this kind of alcohol and drugs and uh, some sexual insane content here, uh, pretty nuts. Just goes to show you don't know people, folks. You don't no folks but anyway interesting airboy and finally my number one pick of the week this was a fantastic read marvel comics groot number one by loveness and kessinger and this has a very beautiful sort of scotty young cartooning style the colors are just beautiful the blues the reds the greens Brian Kessinger knocks it out of the park with the art here. It's it's just fun. It's happy. It's snarky. They've got just like this great relationship, this fun between them. He, of course, only says, I am Groot. And thank goodness that Rocket's there to translate every word that he means coming out of his mouth. There's a scene here where they're just on this intergalactic romp. Groot wants to go to Earth. Raccoon hates the idea. Rocket doesn't want to go to Earth. And... I guess they want to take a break from all this intergalactic running around. But there's a scene where they're going from place to place, stealing ship to ship. Space sharks are chasing after them. Space sharks. I don't think I've ever seen space sharks before in a comic. But they romp into this sort of Krypton-like planet, and uh, this couple getting ready to put their kid in a pod and launch them off to Earth in the little map. And they're like, hey, sorry, we need your uh, ship. I know you're going to put some little kid in here, but uh, need to borrow this, is the line. And they jump into this pod and thwart the plans of this parents uh, in their dying planet. So it's just, just, just 
just hilarious. And there's a next villain that looks like uh, just it just looks like Captain Jack Sparrow is what this robot looks like with a with a fish face. It's just sci-fi alien fun. I I laughed through it. I reread it. It, it it's just a, a ball of fun. It's so full of color. I, I listened to the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack as I'm reading this, and I want more immediately. I, I just wish there was... There's nothing like this out there. It just seems fun, and and the two of them are best friends on this galactic romp, and, and they sell it, it, you buy it. It's just a lot of fun, and it's one you can... Of great for all ages, and I definitely recommend just buying this one. It's a definite buy. So my number one pick of the week, Garut number one. And that's going to basically do our show for this uh, issue number five. So I hope you had fun with it. hope you enjoyed it. hope you liked it. hope you get a chance to go over to iTunes, give us a five-star review. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Sunspots Comics. And, of course, check out our website, sunspotscomics.com. It's going to get better. It's going to have tons of comic books for sale. So I hope you check it out from time to time. And if you have questions or comments, want to join a conversation, or just uh, put in a question... And if you're read on the podcast and I pull your letter, you will win a prize. So hit me up at Chris at sunspotscomics.com. So thanks again for listening. We appreciate your time and hope you have a good uh, week and all of that stuff. And uh, don't forget. Bye-bye.